Hey guys, it's your girl Booney, and you're listening to episode 152 of the Booney Breakdown Podcast, your source for all things responsible and ratchet. All right, guys, so we're back with another episode this week, and um, this one is responsible. It is good. It is necessary because it is needed. With the trying times that we are living in, I felt like we need to do a mental health check-in. So this week, our guest is Jessica Brown. She is the founder of Nia Noir Therapy and Wellness Okay, she has over 10 years of mental health experience. She has her own practice based in Washington, D.C. She was honored as one of Huffington Post's 10 black female therapists you should know. In this episode, we kind of focus on um, how 2020 has affected all of us mentally, things that we can do to get ahead of this, how people can create a therapy practice for themselves if they've never gone to therapy formally and also we know the days are getting shorter we have like two more weeks left um within daylight savings time and so we also do a quick talk about seasonal depression so this is a good episode and I hope you stick around for the conversation with Jessica all right let's get into my pick of the week this week the pick of the week um, I binged on Netflix, Emily in Paris. If you guys know me, you guys know Sex and the City is my shit. Um, so really, I knew nothing about the show. But when I was looking at the trailer, it was like from the creator of Sex and the City sold watching. <laughs> but it was really cute. Um, it was a very quick binge it only took like five hours. I think the episodes are like 30 minutes. Very cute. Um, I love all of the memes because they're like the only Emily that deserved to be in Paris. And it's the Emily from um, Devil Wears Prada. <laughs> You gotta love the internet, but it's a really cute, quick, fun, light watch. I recommend it um, if you're into those kind of girly, girly shows, but check it out. Emily in Paris on Netflix. All right. Housekeeping. Feedback. Last week. Okay. Last week, you guys got two new episodes. We got episode 151, which is a solo episode with moi. And then we had a bonus episode with our fave KG, which we talked about politics. I was kind of nervous about doing a politics show um, episode in particular because we don't really talk about politics like that here on the Boonie Breakdown. And so I didn't know if that was y'all steez, but the feedback from the episode you guys really enjoyed. Um, and uh, as always, Kenny is our resident Negro Domus. So he, <laughs> he made quite a bold prediction about the 2020 election that I think we all hope comes true so if you've not listened go back and listen to that bonus episode get your ass to the polls and feedback from episode 151 it was another 35 questions with Booney um and I got this message like Booney I commend you I cannot believe you got through all those questions so quick it was a short episode fun And it was nice to get to know you. I've only been listening to your podcast for the last four episodes. I'm new here. So this episode was right on time. So thank you so much for your feedback. If you have not listened, go back and listen to both and or one of those episodes. All right. If you are new here as well, you might not know that we sell merch over on the booniebreakdown.com backslash shop. This week we added some hoodies. Yes, you can now get your favorite (laughs) Booney Breakdown sayings in a hoodie. Um, I was actually shocked 
because I did not think I mean I like hoodies too but people were like you only have sweatshirts you only have sweatshirts so we added some hoodies on there I think it's about five right now the the most popular sayings are in hoodies and if you would like to get a hoodie you can use the code hoodie all cap letters to get 15% off your order so head on over to the boonybreakdown.com backslash shop the link is also in the show notes if you would do that as well and you know if you are looking for another way to support the Boonie Breakdown without using your coins, you can leave us a review. If you have an iPhone, iPad, MacBook, uh, any Apple device, you can leave us a five-star review in the Apple Podcast app. That is the purple app that you might be listening to this podcast on right now. All you have to do is search the Boonie Breakdown. Even if you subscribe to us, you must go to the search tab, type in the Boonie Breakdown, select it, scroll down where it see those blank five stars. You fill all of those in, tap, that's done. You want to go the extra mile for some extra credit with Booney. You can hit write a review, drop some words there. Booney is great. We love her. Submit. Bam, you've done your part to su- support the Booney Breakdown Podcast. And we love five-star reviews. So thank you, thank you, thank you if you've already done that. And, you know, we um, do some cool stuff on social media. So you can follow us on Instagram at the Booney Breakdown, on Facebook at the Booney Breakdown, on Twitter just at Boonie breakdown. No the, okay? And when you're sharing this episode, because I know you're going to share and you're going to post it in your Insta stories and you're going to tweet about it and you're going to put it on Facebook and you're going to text it to a friend because we love when you share. But if you're doing those things on the internet, please be sure to use the hashtag the Boonie Breakdown, the hashtag pod N-P-O-D-I-N. You can also tag us if your pages are open, not locked, no private pages. We always share it. I'll say thank you. Send you a little message for letting the world know about the dopeness that we do here over on the Boonie Breakdown Podcast. Love. Those are my favorite messages to get, guys. It's so-and-so shared. So-and-so tweeted. It's so bomb. It's a quick, easy, fun, and free way to support the show, and it helps us grow so, 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 so much. Um, And I think that is it for me. So let's get ready to break it down. All right, guys, welcome to this week's episode. I'm really excited for this interview because it's a super responsible episode. (laughs) And I have with us Jessica Brown. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes. You know, I feel like with all that is going on in the world, um, there needs to be some highlighting and focus on our mental health. And so I always try to look for, you know, black women um, as my audience is black women to help us navigate some of these issues. So first, could you tell everyone just a little bit about yourself and how you got into this space and doing this work? Yeah, absolutely. So again, my name is Jessica Brown. I'm a licensed independent clinical social worker in Washington, D.C. It's a fancy title for psychotherapists. Um, I am the owner and director of Neonawar Therapy and Wellness based in Washington, D.C., offering teletherapy services um, across D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. Um, A little bit about me. I got into this work because I've experienced depression and anxiety myself. Um, probably from the early age of 12, 13 ish. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I went into this work because I wanted to be the person that I needed. I love it. And I think, too, what I love most about your mission, especially with Near Noir, is that 
you cater to millennial black women. That is your focus. So why did you decide that you had to focus on millennial black women? So when I had my first, I guess, breakdown, like serious breakdown as an adult, um, was on my 25th birthday. Mm. And that's when Nia Noir came to fruition because I wanted to be a part of something. I wanted to be a part of a group of women that was talking about mental illness and mental health um, and not necessarily just wellness and self-care. You know, a lot of that stuff is pretty and it has, you know, it's covered in bath bombs and, you know, getting manicures and pedicures <laughs> and self-care. And that's not really what self-care is. Mm. Self-care is being honest with yourself about your struggles and, you know, trying to rectify them. And so I wanted to be a part of a group of women who was doing that and I couldn't find any. And so me being in grad school to get my degree to become a therapist, I felt that the little bit of knowledge and experience that I had, it was my responsibility to share with other people. Um, And I knew that being 25, you're going through so many different life changes. Yeah. Trying to, you know, really grow up and be an adult and sometimes that means moving out on your own for the first time or trying to find your first career or finishing school or you know maybe being in a relationship there's so many things that are happening at that age group that is it's overwhelming to deal with alone it is and I, I look back like oh god I feel so old when you just said that but like 25 was almost 11 years ago for me. (laughs) And so I'll be 36 in December. And I just, I think about that time I was in a group with a group of um, friends and we called it our quarter life crisis when we were like 25. And I think too, it's like, you feel like I'm an adult. I should have these things together, but you like, you really aren't right. And so it's like you're navigating all of these new spaces. You're out of college. If you went to college, you're trying to get a job. And so I feel like if you, to pinpoint and find that space and do the work at that age, it makes it so much easier as you age. Absolutely. And I'm glad that you said that, like that quarter life crisis, because we all go through it, Mm -hmm. right? And it's kind of that era where, like you said, you're trying to find yourself. And that's what causes so many symptoms of anxiety and depression is when you feel like you're not. And with the influx of social media, you're constantly comparing ourselves to these influencers and people and highlight reels of people's lives that aren't real. Yeah. And it's so hard because even as an adult with air quotes, it's like, I still do it. I still do it while I look and I'm like, how is she doing this? How is she living this amazing life and buying designer bags? And like, how is she doing this? I want to know. (laughs) Credit. Yeah, like, like, tell me. (laughs) So for people listening and like, you know, we keep hearing these messages about protect your mental health and Mm -hmm. you need to do this and see a therapist and therapy is amazing. How do you suggest someone goes about even finding a therapist? Like, how do you even start that process? Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, the conversation starts with yourself right? It, it requires that radical emotional honesty with yourself to say, hey, I'm not doing okay and I need someone else mm-hmm. to step in to help. I think as Black women, we think we can handle all of these things on our own and we carry the weight of the world on our shoulders. And although we do it well and we look good doing it, yeah, 
it's damaging us in the long run. So that first conversation needs to be with yourself to just say, hey, sis, like, I, I don't have it. I don't have it. I need help. Yeah. Um, I would say the next thing is confiding in a friend. And I, I say that because it holds you accountable. Mm. Right. And if you feel like that's too private and you just want to rely on yourself, then that's fine. But you have to be honest with yourself enough to, to follow through. Yeah. I think, you know, hearing you say that honesty is so important because I think for me, like, even though I've been in therapy, numerous therapists, I changed therapy therapists for different things and different reasons. But I think too, even sometimes you find yourself because doing the work is hard one, let's start there. But then you find yourself sometimes you're in therapy where you have this choice of, I'm going to be really like, I want to get the most out of this and I'm going to be really honest and open about how I feel and what's happening. Or you're going to go in there and tell the person what they want to hear to make it look like you're, you're progressing. Right. right. And so I remember being in a session. Um, this is probably maybe like eight years ago where I had that choice where I was like, you know, I could just tell this woman what she wants to hear. So she shuts up, <laughs> but it's not, it's not rectified any situation. <laughs> Right. I, I literally just had a client tell me, you know, we were following up on some of her goals and she was like, I really was going to come in here and tell you that I did it and I was going to lie. And I was like, and what would, where would that have gotten you? Yeah. These are your goals, not mine. So I'm here to guide you. But if you're not honest with yourself, then that's your own progress that's being stunted, not mine. Yeah. And I think another point you said about black women, you know, we're strong and we can do it all and we're going to change the world and we're going to save the world. It's such a, it's a huge burden because you're probably doing that for your own household. Mm -hmm. You're probably doing that for a broader sense of your family. Some people, um, you might be doing it at work. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You might be doing it in your community because you're giving back. And that is so much to hold on your shoulders. So yeah, I love people who create spaces for Black women to unload. Yes, yes. I, I tell my clients all the time, I'm like, that was heavy. Let me carry that for you. Oh, I love that. <laughs> so here's another question I don't think I've ever asked. So since you're um, licensed, are, can you only practice with people who are in Washington, D.C.? Or can people who live other places, you know, seek out your services? Yeah, so it's really interesting right now because of COVID. So my office is based in Washington, D.C. So as long as I'm working in Washington, D.C., I'm able to see clients um, at my office. But there has been some leniency with COVID because of, you know, especially in the DMV, people live all over. Mm-hmm. You know, they live in Virginia. They live in Maryland. Um, I'm licensed in D.C. and Virginia. So it helps. Gotcha. Okay. Because I think people will often think about that, especially, and that's the tough thing with like platforms like this, you bring on people, people are like, oh my God, I love her vibe. And then you can't yeah. work with you. <laughs> but, you know, I get referrals from New Jersey, New York, and there's some amazing clinicians in that area too. And some amazing black women who are also therapists. So I send referrals because I'm okay. also, if you're in a crisis, there's only so much I can do for you from Washington, D.C. So I want to make sure that you are connected with someone in your area who knows the resources in that area as well. And just real quick, a, a kind of a 101 situation here. Um, 
can you explain the difference from someone who like okay i'm because we i think we interchange words sometimes and i don't even myself saying this out loud while i'm asking i'm not sure if there is um any distinction between the roles so like sometimes you hear the word counselor then you hear a therapist or i'm going to a social worker who's a lscw whatever the Mm -hmm. credentials are um some people go to a psychologist some people you just said you were a psychotherapist so are there is there a difference between these roles and should people look for a particular thing well sometimes i use the distinction of psychotherapist because when i say therapist people are like well what kind And I always forget, like my mind always resorts to mental health, but you know, there's occupational therapists, there's physical therapists, there's all these other different types of therapists. So to make that distinction of psychotherapists lets people know that I work in mental health. Gotcha. Um, The differences with like counselors and social workers, it's all just semantics and based on what they do. There's some people who are social workers that are licensed, but aren't therapists. There are people who are licensed professional counselors, which is an LPC credential, who are counselors, but they're not social workers. Gotcha. Okay. We all do similar work, um, but just credentialing and the titling is a little bit different. Um, Psychologists typically have like doctorate degrees or PsyDs. So they have a different distinction of what they're able to do with their credentials as well. So a lot of them do testing, evaluations, assessments, et cetera. Gotcha. Okay. That helped because I know I'm like, sometimes we interchange, like you got to go see a counselor. You need to see a therapist. Yeah. <laughs> it's confusing. So, yeah. So 2020, this is the year that keeps on giving <laughs> in so many ways. And I just, I'm just curious, like, have you seen an uptick in clientele um, with this year being so much? Absolutely. Absolutely. So not only have I seen an uptick just from the circumstances in the world that's happening, um, but there's also a really strong social media movement where it's Mm -hmm. normalizing therapy, especially in the black community. So I'm getting clients who are saying like, Hey, my friends in therapy, they recommended I try it. So I'm here. I'm like, okay. I love it. Yeah. And I joke because a few episodes ago, we have one of um, our problematic favorite guests on here. Um, And he had announced that he made an announcement he was going to therapy. And so it was a major thing. And everyone was like, oh, we're so proud of him. We're so glad that he's doing this. And what I really liked about that was the story was that his friend um started therapy and then made the suggestion he's like okay we're gonna do this together and so i thought that was monumental for black men particularly to say we're gonna go to therapy together so yes love it love it good for him awesome right so with 2020 we have been dealing with COVID. we're in the pandemic we've been dealing with social justice and especially with social social justice and uh, anti-racism, you know, uptick, um, you, we have Breonna Taylor, you have George Floyd, all of these things happening. And I feel like it's kind of moved in to the mainstream that you can't escape it. And that's kind of been even an issue and a trigger for me is like, I can't share these videos anymore of Black people dying. I can't... Um, I can't even do the advocacy work to some degree because I feel like it still pulls me into a place that I just, I can't venture into. 
how do you think, um, what are some tips or things you recommend for people um, who are trying to heal while we're still living within traumatic times and situations? Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's definitely challenging. I, it, as a clinician myself, I wonder how we're getting through it. Because even myself, trying to guide people through this, and I'm a Black woman, so I'm experiencing it. I'm tired of seeing people die on my cell phone every single mm-hmm. day, and it's exhausting. But one of the powers of being a Black woman helping the Black community is that we can sit in silence together. And you can come to me, and you don't have to say a word. Mm. You can just look at me, and I know what you're experiencing. And so sharing that space together to just feel heard and understood and to feel seen, it's powerful and cathartic in itself. But I think where the real power is, is having these very vulnerable conversations with one another to share like, and setting boundaries to say, hey, I can't handle this anymore. Can you please stop sending me these videos? Can you please stop sharing them? Yeah. And, you know, advocating for yourself because it's damaging. It it's is damaging. It's a lot to constantly see it, and especially the moment that it happens. And if you're right. active on social media and you're active on multiple platforms, so you go on Twitter, you see the breaking news, then you go on Facebook, it's spreading. You go on Instagram, everybody's sharing memes and putting it in their Insta story. Mm-hmm. You're just bombarded with this image, and it really can be a lot. So I know on those, like if I wake up and see a headline, then okay, I can't scroll for a few hours because I just can't ingest it. Right. Yeah. Unplugging, taking those social media breaks so that you are physically removing yourself from those triggers. That's also a way of setting that boundary for yourself. Come on, perfect segue. Triggers. (laughs) Let's talk about it. There's a lot of them. There are. And I I think, you know, one, we're going to, let me back up. How can people identify what their triggers are? Because I feel like some people might not even know. And that's one thing is the, the awareness of what is triggering me, what sets me off, what causes me to shrink or react to certain situations. So I say the best way to do that is to start journaling. Because that way you're keeping a record of your thoughts, your behaviors, your reactions, your patterns of how you're responding to things. Mm-hmm. So if I recognize that every time... I'm watching someone get murdered on my cell phone, then my anxiety goes from a three to a 10. Yeah. And, you know, my heart starts racing. My hands get sweaty. You know, I'm anxious. I I can't sit still. Then that's a trigger for me. And I, I recognize that, okay, this is something that I need to either set a boundary for myself or I need to draw back on or I need to avoid. And even in everyday situations, when we look at, you know, the social injustice conversations that we have to have in the workplace, right? Yes. (laughs) If you you recognize that every time you are talking to a colleague of fair complexion, then, you know, you're getting angry or you're getting short tempered or you're getting irritable or maybe you get knots in your stomach and it doesn't feel right or you're getting headaches. Those are triggers. And it's funny because I'm sitting here nodding. You can't see me, guys. But I, I was so thankful. This is one of the, the high notes of the pandemic was that 
I did not have to be in an office while all of this was happening. And it was great. I think it was the one of the few times when I could recall those days having to go into the office. And I was thankful I had an office door that I could close. Don't bother me. Do not come in here. I don't want to do no small talk. I don't want to talk about what was on TV last night. Like, just leave me alone. And since I have to be here. And so that to me, I was like, this is a bright side. This is a positive of COVID is that (laughs) I don't have to be here. (laughs) But some people can't escape it, right? Like I was in a position where I'm, I'm being asked to be on Zoom calls to talk about diversity and inclusion and what we need to do to make Black people feel more welcomed in the workplace. And, you know, my white colleagues looking at me like, well, how do you feel today? Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't, I don't want to talk about it. Like, yeah. I don't even have a Band-Aid on this wound yet. And yet you guys are asking me how the healing process is going. Like, I don't know what that looks like yet. So I, that's a trigger for me. I don't want to talk about it. And that's the part that's triggering because it's like, okay, I haven't even healed from the last time, right? And so exactly. here it just, it keeps compounding and building and layering on top of each other because it's like... <laughs> What do you mean healed? I just processed the last one that happened two months ago. You know, here we are again. So what's frustrating is that, you know, there's so much conversation happening, you know, post George Floyd, but I'm looking at people like, you know, this is, this isn't the first time or the second time or the third time or the 20th time. Like we've been dealing with this. And I think that was the thing for me that was so hard to grasp because I couldn't understand why this one. Right. And that's such a terrible thing to say out loud. Mm -hmm. But in processing the interest and why this was the one that swelled up, we've seen the killings on videotape before. So none of these things were really new about this situation. But it was just like, why was it this one? Was it because everyone was in the house and had nothing else to focus on? We, We weren't going out like it was just it was just such a I don't know if it was a perfect storm. But to me, that was my question. Like, what really, was it about I, it? Yeah, I really think that contributed a lot to it because you've seen what happened with Trayvon Martin and Philando Castile and Sandra Bland. And when people, we literally watched it happen mm-hmm. or we heard about it, we grieved it for a moment and then lives went back to normal. You were still mm-hmm. going to brunch on Sunday. You were still turning up at the day party. You still had to go to work and show up. Yeah. And so our lives just moved on. But now we are in a situation where we are watching this and the only outlet that we have is TV and social media and it's barraging our outlets. So we have nothing else to do but learn more about what's happening. Yeah, that's a a good point too. And I just, I, I think that was my fascination because it was just wild to watch like what what was different what was different here (laughs) and i i i'm i'm hopeful well i was hopeful at one point that maybe there could be you know some things and i think for me that is another you know trigger from this was you know then having to live like you got hopeful and then you're like wait this has happened before you know all these promises have been made before and so even dealing with that, like that became the new trigger of everyone trying to educate themselves. And I'm like, now I have to deal with you being proud because you posted Black Lives Matter. Because you okay. posted <laughs> Instagram because you painted a street. Like that doesn't solve the greater issue at hand here. There's it still systemic doesn't. racism 
that exists and a president who doesn't acknowledge it. And here That's we are. Now, like, here we bigger. are. <laughs> so now like we've identified triggers. What are, you know, what are some of the things you can do? Because I think, you know, in doing some of the work on myself, it's like, okay, I know things that trigger me and I know um, how they make, why they make me react the way they do. But getting over or, or changing the course of your reaction to these triggers, that's what I'm still working on. Mm-hmm. Um, so what are, you know, some, you know, what is a way that people can say, I know this is going to trigger me. I understand what it's going to do, but I don't, I, that's, I'm stuck there. I don't know what to do next. Again, I boundaries, 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 setting those boundaries for yourself. If it's people, places, things, you know what they say in AA, the people, places, and things that, you know, cause you to drink that applies in real life. People, places, and things that cause you to feel more anxious or to feel depressed or to feel triggered. Those are things that either you avoid or Mm -hmm. you set limitations with. And again, going back to that journaling, journaling is so helpful in being able to help you recognize what those triggers are so that you can understand and kind of map out how you want to navigate your way around that. Especially as we have, you know, the holidays are coming up very quickly and family is a huge trigger for people. Yes. Family is a huge trigger. So how do you prepare and plan and navigate that? Does that mean maybe you don't go to your family Mm. for the holidays? Maybe that's a boundary you set for yourself. Or maybe you say, I'm going to go in town only for dinner and I'm not going to stay. I'm not going to have an extended stay. I'm going to go to dinner, celebrate and leave. Or maybe that looks like I'm going to go, but we don't talk about politics. We don't talk about money. (laughs) We don't talk about, you know, mental health, whatever might get you more anxious and amped up. Yeah. So recognizing what limitations you want to set for yourself and then identifying some coping skills that help you kind of relax in the moment when you do find yourself getting anxious and triggered. Yeah. So that could be deep breathing, going to another room to decompress for a moment, going for a walk, doing some exercise, doing some meditation, anything that just kind of helps you regroup and recenter. Yeah, I think that was a good point that you mentioned about the holidays coming up and Mm -hmm. family is a huge trigger for, you know, a lot of people. I think that was a great suggestion you said about, I'm coming for dinner and then I'm going, (laughs) I'm going somewhere else. (laughs) Um, But yeah, and I think too, the the other thing I wanted to talk to you about with um, where we are moving in the calendar year and um, seasonal depression. And I feel like this year, For a lot of people, it might be a real thing um, where it might not have ever been a thing for people before. And I think with, you know, depending on where you live, how your state is operating, things may still be closed. Uh, There might not be activities to do at large. Now we're going to have cold and flu season layered on top of the pandemic. Um, Things could escalate very quickly, even though we pray that they do not. Um, What are, what are signs that someone could say, I, I can tell I'm suffering from some level of seasonal depression because soon it's, it, it got dark today at 7.15 here. Um, so I'm like, it's happening. It's coming. <laughs> yeah. When the daylight savings hits and it turns you yeah, know, dark like at four. Four o'clock. It's pitch black outside. Yeah. yeah. Well, seasonal affective disorder or, you know, seasonal depression, it looks a lot like depression symptoms. So feeling depressed for the day, having difficulty getting up and doing normal activities, 
um, losing interest in activities that you normally enjoy, Mm -hmm. having a lack of energy, either sleeping too much or not getting enough sleep, um, changes in your appetite or your weight, feeling sluggish or agitated, having trouble concentrating, feeling hopeless, worthless, or helpless. And sometimes it's also accompanied with, you know, thoughts of suicide. Yeah. I know for me being proactive, because I'm like, I've never really suffered from um, seasonal depression. I've known people who have. And I just feel like this year, I'm like, it's just been a lot this year, still with whatever's left to come of this year. Um, And I thought, I was like, I'm going to be proactive. And I got me uh, the light therapy lamp. Yeah. And I was like, let me order one now before they run out on Amazon because everyone's like, it sucks here this year because we can't do anything. Um, So I know that was just me being proactive for myself because I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to respond to this seasonal change this year. It's just, it's been a, it's been a year. Um, And what's challenging is a lot of the coping skills that we would normally use, like going out, hanging out with friends, visiting family were restricted. So it creates, yeah. you know, a significant barrier. But that was, I, yeah, that's my thing. I was kind of hedging because I was like, summer gave a little glimmer of hope because like, okay, it's warm. We can be outside and social distance and still mm-hmm. see each other. And then it's going to be like, okay, in Baltimore, it will be <laughs> 20 right. degrees some days. I, where are we going outside, right? <laughs> right. So it is a little difficult, but, you know, thank God we have technology and things like Zoom and, you know, FaceTime and Instagram just released their new, like, Facebook chat rooms. Oh, yeah. Or, like, messenger rooms. So being very intentional about setting up time to still see friends, even though you can't be with friends, so that you're still getting that love and support. Um, But also, like you mentioned, the light therapy that you can use is also really helpful Sometimes you might have to go on like a, a, you know, like an antidepressant or some Mm -hmm. type of medication. Therapy is also really helpful to help you identify those triggers and understand healthy ways of coping. But then also engaging in like some healthy coping mechanisms like yoga, meditation, um, guided imagery, music, things that you know will kind of boost your spirits or you can pour into to help refill your cup. Yeah, I know I got excited with the, um, right before we recorded this, it was the Apple announcement with their new fitness app. And I'm like, you know, they're trying to compete with Peloton. I appreciate it. (laughs) Oh, I haven't seen that one yet. Yeah, so it's supposed to be coming, like, uh, maybe by the time this airs, it will be launching. But um, it said fall, late fall 2020. But it's pretty much... um, their version of uh, membership per month to mm. access all these live class workout classes since you know this is the new fitness craze right now people working out at home versus in a gym That's or any fitness cool. facility so yeah i, I saw that they team up with you know like local trainers and people who are doing it on instagram or social media or trying to or whose businesses were affected by covid that would be an um, awesome idea because yeah. i did see something like that um um, another podcast that I listened to and I'm forgetting the name and God forgive me. Oh no, it's minding my black business. But, um, she did a highlight. She's also a, you know, a therapist and 
she shared about entrepreneurs, you know, or having a tough time this year. And it was saying how, you know, suicide rates are up, yeah. you know, business had to abruptly close. People have gone thousands of dollars in debt because of the abrupt change in our mm-hmm. lifestyle this year. And that was something, not that I didn't think about it, but to make it a human value, because we always hear the numbers like X person of business, businesses closed, small businesses closed, and this amount of money. When well, you if you think, think about it, like it's it's particularly tough for the Black community and Black businesses right now yes. because they're getting the econom- economic hit from COVID, but also Black people are disproportionately being affected by COVID. Yes. <laughs> and then on top of that, we have the continued racial unjust that's happening. So being Black, being a business owner, and being at higher risk of, you know, contracting catching the disease. Yeah, it's. It's, it's tough. It it's is, tough. we're having a tough year. So, yeah. So I just, I really do implore people, you know, do your check-ins with yourself. And like you said, if you can schedule time, make sure you check in on your friends and families, um, members during this, you know, tr- seasonal transition. And as we move into the holiday time, I think that would do everyone, uh, you know, so much good. Absolutely. All right. Well, we reached the part where we're going to do <laughs> the breakdown. And what I do is I'm going to say one word and you can say the first thing that comes to mind. It is oh, a Lord. word, a phrase, a sound, whatever. Are All we right? still being responsible? Yeah, we're still being responsible. <laughs> okay. okay. I'll keep my professional hat on. <laughs> All right. First word, black women beautiful empowerment queendom happiness attainable i like that anxiety manageable triggers oof everywhere <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, (laughs) family, comfort, and last one, self-care, freedom. Love it. Love it. All right, Jessica, if you could tell everyone where they can find you on the internet, uh, your social media, anything you want to share right now, you can go. (laughs) Well, you can find me on social media at Nia Noir. That's N-I-A-N-O-I-R-E. You can also reach us at nianoir.com. And we are accepting new clients for our practice. So if you want to get in touch with us, if you're interested in starting your wellness journey, feel free to reach out to us. You can contact me directly at Jessica at neonoir.com or feel free to reach out to us on our website. Awesome. So I do have a question because this is always a big thing with therapy and then we did not, I did not ask, um, do you take insurance or do you not take insurance? (laughs) I do take insurance. Okay. So I think think that's a thing we didn't even, I can't think we didn't talk about that, but, um, I know everyone says encourages everyone to go to therapy. Therapy Mm -hmm. can be, you know, a luxury item. It can be a luxury item. I'll say that. Um, so sometimes I know you get sticker shock because you're in your mind. You're so used to going to the doctor and paying like mm-hmm. a $20, $30 copay. 
that if you find a therapist who does not take insurance, <laughs> you might be paying anywhere from 90 to $200 per session, depending right. on, you know, your therapist. So she takes insurance. <laughs> I do. And I do believe in therapy being accessible. So I do have a sliding scale option. I do accept awesome. insurances and, you know, we can work something out. That's what I'll say. Black women always working something out. <laughs> there you go. Don't let love that be it. a barrier for you getting the care that you need. Yes, I love that. So, Jessica, thank you so much for doing the podcast. Awesome. Thank you for having me. All right, guys, that's it for this week's episode. I want to thank our guest, Jessica Brown of Near Noir for coming on and giving us some amazing tips on how we can totally, totally make therapy accessible, ways that we can cope with stresses and helping to identify our triggers. I feel like this year, as we've said in the episode, was so much. I personally don't think we're over the hump yet. So getting these tips now can carry you so, so far. All right. And if you enjoyed this episode, I encourage you to listen and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, or any app that you listen to your favorite podcasts on. Don't forget to leave those reviews too. You just might hear your review on the next episode. Follow us on all social media. Share the episode with those you love, those you don't love, those you fucking hate. I don't make these pretty images for nothing, okay? Have a dope ass week, all right? I know we were responsible this week and I promise you, Next week's episode is Ratchet, all right? Uh, Stay healthy, safe, and sane. Thank you for listening. And remember, the Ratchet in me always honors the Ratchet in you. Until next time.